from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Nightcap on VSN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. This is our number two of the nightcap here at the VEASAN studios at the Circle Resort and Casino. Family Bebfe alongside Scott Seidenberg here watching a little college hoops while we're trying to find some actionable information. We got Washington, Washington State tipping off in Pullman in a matter of moments. Right now, that line is sitting at nine and a half in some places, but 10, the consensus line total of 136. But before we went to break in the last segment, we're talking about the number one season. You brought up the Gonzaga Bulldogs as I mean, like they, the conference play does not give them the biggest of tests. Yeah. Of now this week is going to be really interesting because they have two road games at San Francisco, mm-hmm. and then Saturday they end the regular season at St. Mary's. Two teams that will be in the NCAA tournament, so it's going to be the first test for the Zags. Yeah. In a while here, so I'm really fascinated to see how they respond to it. But it's one of those things that they've almost now built up the goodwill amongst the yes. committee because yes. of how much success. They've had, I mean, they've been to the Sweet 16 every single year since 2016, at least. And they've had a couple national title game appearances. And you mentioned how one thing that they try to do is to schedule tough non-conference. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do to get back into some sort of a groove that once they go through the conference play, they at least have been tested at some point along this season. But just from a Gonzaga standpoint, like this team, as long as they keep getting in these good recruits, these good transfers, mm-hmm. they're going to be the favorite to win the title for like years to come. Yeah, sure. As long as Mark Fuse, just because they have such a good path, as long as they don't get chipped up too much in non-conference play, they have such a good path to a number one seed every single year. Yeah, they're gonna. You can pencil them in for close to thirty wins. You know, like yeah. it's like every single year they're gonna they're gonna run through that conference unless they move conferences, which would be the next step in the evolution of this program, right? Uh, the program that Mark View has built is a national powerhouse now, and it's amazing. Like you talk to you know, you talk to younger kid, younger kids mm-hmm. that only know Gonzaga as this powerhouse college basketball program. And like, I remember Gonzaga as the little engine that could, you know, they were sister Jean and Loyola. Like, yep. like, like they were the, the Valparaiso. They were the VCU. You know, th- yeah. this was like a shocker when they, uh, you know, uh, uh, went to the, 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 the final. The, the, the elite eight run. Elite eight run. You know, like this is like, wow, Gonzaga out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, now every single year, they're a perennial uh, contender. Um, the next step in the evolution would be to go, you know, 
Pac-12 or something like that, but uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah it never happened because they don't yeah. have football in their program Correct. and stuff. Uh, in terms of the athletics here, Gonzaga at DraftKings, the favorite to win the national title, 4-1, to one, and the next closest favorites are Kentucky and Arizona at 8-1. to one. So that just goes to show you Gonzaga's likely going to be the number one overall seed like mm-hmm. we saw last year, which means a pretty reasonable bracket. Oh, pencil like them into the regional year. final. Yeah, Pennsylvania right safe. now to the regional final. That's, that's safe. It. That's that is very they safe. They will not say. lose a game until they get there, and then once they're in the elite eight, then he can say, "Ooh, maybe there is a team here that could give them. Maybe it's Auburn as a two seed. Maybe yeah. Someone can give them a fight here uh, in their path to the final four. Yeah, I'd be stunned if they're not there in the elite eight or something like that, just because of how good they are. They're really deep. They're really well coached, and they have the experience of making it to the tournament and going far in the tournament year in, year out. Uh, not sure what the hell's going on at Rupp Arena, but it was a five-point game. Now it's a 12-point game. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm getting seven and a half there with LSU, and uh, it doesn't look like it's going too well for me right now as they cannot get a rebound, but that should come as no surprise. Kentucky, probably the best rebounding team in the country, yeah. led by Oscar Shibwe. They are flexing their muscles right now. They are. They are. And, uh, yeah, we've got 439 left. We'll see if we can get our fingers crossed and come up with a cover. Let's transition over to the NBA, though. We talked a little NBA about the Kyrie Irving news and what that means for the Eastern Conference. Well, let's now talk about the Eastern Conference from a more macro standpoint right Mm -hmm. now because right now the favorite to win the East is the Brooklyn Nets. But when you look at the standings, Miami is the current number one seed right now. They're plus 475. Chicago, who's tied for that number one seed, 12 to 1. Then you have Philadelphia at plus 370. Cleveland 25 to 1 as the number four seed right now. Milwaukee plus 330. Boston 11 to 1. I'm going to ask you about the Boston Celtics here in just a bit. Toronto 40 to 1. Brooklyn, like I mentioned, plus 245. But when you look at some metrics and some of the prognostications that we've seen here at All Star Break, and one in particular over at 538 gives the Boston Celtics not only the best chance to win the Eastern Conference. Mm. The best chance to win the NBA championship. I believe it's about 21% is what 538 has calculated with the Boston Celtics. Now, when you look at the odds, they're 11 to 1 just to win the Eastern Conference. It, are you believing in this Celtics team? Now, they're really good defensively. They found things on defense. Yeah. Are you believing in this team as a potential dark horse to maybe upset the apple cart in the Eastern Conference? Best point differential on average in the Eastern Conference, right? That's the, that's what they've accomplished so far this season, plus 5.4. The next highest would be the Miami Heat at 4.5. So uh, they've done well defensively. As you mentioned, uh, 103.5 points per game is by far the lowest in the Eastern Conference. And I think it's like third lowest in the entire NBA. So this is a team that can play well defensively. You, can, you, you can't argue that they were the hottest team going into the All-Star break. And when healthy, and, you know, Marcus Smart did get hurt before the All-Star break, but when healthy, this team can compete with anybody. You know, mm-hmm. Tatum and Green are solid guys. I think getting Dom- I think getting Tice back was, was good for their interior defense as well. A little rebounding, tough guy inside. Uh, I, I didn't like the coaching hire at the beginning of the season, I'll be honest. Yeah. I, 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 wasn't, I, I wasn't a fan. And they started out the gates pretty slow, but now they seem to be clicking and firing on all cylinders. And... I, I wouldn't want to bet against this Celtics team. I'll tell you what, I really like them t- tomorrow against the Nets. 
Yeah, no, it seems like a really good spot for mm-hmm. them. Just because the Nets are still banged up. Yeah. Uh, they're waiting for those pieces to get back here. But this Boston Celtics team, I'm not sure if I'd want to see them in a seven-game series just because they, do, they don't have one of the mega stars, one of the guys that you can point to of, like, this is an elite player. But Tatum is really good. Jalen Brown is really good. They're really yeah. versatile defensively. They just seem like an annoying team that you do not want to have to face, especially if you're one of these top three seeds and Boston ends up being a six or a five seed and plays one of these teams, even without having home court advantage, it feels like they're going to give one of these teams an absolute dogfight just because of their style of play. Yeah, and and 11-1 is a good number. It is. It's a really good number. Like when you're looking in terms of a future bet, don't you want to get at least 10-1 to 1 on, on your money mm-hmm. if you're going to invest in something long-term? 11-1 for a team that's in the mix there because, you know, everyone's kind of tightly uh, packed in in the Eastern Conference. And with all the metrics, with all the numbers, I mentioned the point differential, the, the 538 prognostication there could be worth the flyer. The interesting thing, though, to me is that let's say Boston were to face a Cleveland in the first round. They're probably going to be the favorite because usually Boston you, will be the favorite. Yeah, because yeah. like usually if you want to get in on the futures, it's like all right, maybe just do the money line rollover with the uh-huh. series price. But you might not get plus money in the first round with the Boston Celtics. They could see a, a Cleveland or maybe Chicago. That could be maybe a, a kind of a toss up series. I think yeah. maybe Chicago would be favored based on where, how their guys have looked once they come Boston back from injury. Would only but. be dogs against Miami, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and Brooklyn. Yeah, and, the, and there's a good chance they're not going to see Brooklyn in the first round because Brooklyn is not going to have home court advantage in the first round. That's it. So if they face Cleveland, if they face Chicago, if they face Toronto, they're going to be a – they'll be the favorite. They'll be the, the favorite. So it's mm-hmm. like – so you can't even – almost like you can't even wait to get them and just play them with the series prices and just roll that over. You, if, you, if you're interested in Boston, I think the move is to take them at 11-1. to 1. Elsewhere on the Eastern standings, Miami. I know JVT is really high on this Miami Heat team. team Plus 475. They're likely to be one of these one or two seeds. And now that Brooklyn gets Kyrie Irving back, there's a good chance they're going to avoid a Brooklyn in the first round, which was kind of the the thing that I was scared about for Mm -hmm, Miami. mm -hmm. Like, well, what if they have to face the Nets in the first round as a seven seed? But now it looks like they're going to face either maybe a Toronto or a Charlotte or an Atlanta or one of these types of teams. Do you... Are you buying into this at, at plus four seventy five with Miami? I, I like this Miami team a lot, uh, and, and uh, I should have played it with, uh, plus five hundred, plus five fifty, plus six fifty. You know, yeah. when, it, when when it, when you had the chance, um, they, they're very good. Uh, this is this is pretty much the foundation that went to the championship in the bubble, right? And mm. is still collectively one of the best starting five units in the NBA, right? When you add Kyle Lowry to this bunch and then Tyler Hero, you know how dominant he is coming off the bench. I think, um, you know, getting P.J. Tucker was a huge move for them. And it it has, you know, given them a guy who's got experience, obviously, but uh, versatility and between the shooting of Duncan Robinson, the ability uh, of Jimmy Butler, this and the coaching. Hard to argue with uh, anyone better than Eric Spolscher. This is a very, very good team. If I had to make a play in the Eastern Conference, I think it would have to be Milwaukee at plus 330. It's not the juiciest juiciest of odds, um, but it's I just still I, the be- champs. I believe yeah. in the defending champs. And be, I think to if they be were, the best, you got to beat the best. If yeah. they were to play Brooklyn in a series, I would be a little nervous. And if Brooklyn is clicking on all cylinders, yeah. they would be favored. But I also think that they have no answer for Giannis. 
Like, no one does. And, 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 nobody, and, and you can easily say that they have no answer for Kevin Durant because mm-hmm. nobody has an answer for Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant is also coming back from injury. He's not fully in rhythm. Giannis is fully in rhythm. Yeah. He's playing like an MVP once again. Mm-hmm. He's carrying over that momentum that we saw last postseason. I mean, I think the Bucks at plus 330 are getting a little disrespected right now as the defending champions. Just And I know Brooke Lopez is hurt right now, and they've got some injuries of their sure. own. But the core pieces are there, and I think Milwaukee, if I were to bet on a team to come out of the East, I think it's the Milwaukee Bucks. I can't argue with it. I just don't – I prefer a higher number than that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there's any value in, in laying out that number for two and a half months. Yeah, it's no, only getting yeah. a three-to-one payout. No, and that's, and that's the thing is that yeah. it's not going to go anywhere. Yeah. That number of plus 330 is not going to yeah. go anywhere. With the Nets taking up so much of the real estate at plus 245, there's no rush to play Milwaukee at plus 330. If anything, you can get creative with different other things and you find ways to get a little bit of value out of your bets here. But don't tie up your money with that, with Brooklyn being the clear favorite for the foreseeable future, barring any sort of injury news down the stretch. All right, on the other side, talk a little Eastern Conference. Let's talk a little NBA awards. Favorite plays in the NBA regular season awards. This is the nightcap rolling along on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap here at VSIN Studios at the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here talking a little NBA while sweating out some college basketball. Mm. It's a Wednesday night. It's hump day here. But the folks out there out east, it's getting closer to Thursday. So we'll usher them in for Thursday in the next hour. But right now, Washington's taking on Washington State. 12 to 11, the Huskies lead it. Five minutes into that game, we'll keep tabs on that. LSU is trailing by nine with 128 to go at Rupp Arena, taking on Kentucky. That game closed eight, I believe, was the closing number of that game. Seven and a half, actually. So close seven and a half, total 142 and a half. So uh, we're, we're getting close to a little bit of spread drama between the Tigers and the Wildcats out in the SEC, hoping that they can get within the number there as I went ahead and took seven and a half with mm. LSU. 
Um, but let's talk some NBA awards. We talked a little bit about the Eastern Conference in the last segment, but I want to talk to you about your favorite NBA awards plays because the regular season resumes tomorrow. We're yep. done with this lengthy all-star break that's felt like two weeks now. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, can we get some basketball from the, from the professional ranks here? But uh, we'll have NBA basketball tomorrow. All-star break is over. But before we end the all-star break, any favorite plays that you have in the awards market? So it's obviously it's the one that we're all on here at VEASAN, which is the Jaron Jackson Jr. Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, this thing is now at 7-1. to one. Uh, JVT got it in at like 150-1. to one, But uh, most of us here at VEASAN, we were able to get 60-1. to one. So we're still holding uh, pretty good tickets here. And it, when you look at what he has done this season, um, he is putting up historically good numbers, right? We're talking about his blocks per 100 possessions, steals per 100 possessions, his block rate and his steal rate are things that have only been done by certain players in the annals of NBA history. Like we're talking Ben Wallace, uh, Rudy Gobert, you know, Marcus Camby, Anthony Davis, multiple, multiple guys who have, not only been all defensive NBA honors, but also defensive player of the year honors. So if Jaron Jackson continues on this tear of a season that he's been on, he will win this award, especially when you consider who's ahead of him. Rudy Gobert, there could just be voter fatigue, right? Yep. Okay, we're going to give this guy the award again. And Draymond Green hasn't played in two months, and I don't even know when he's going to play again. And Giannis, you can make the argument every single year he should be in the running for Defensive Player of the Year. It's like Michael Jordan, you know? like <laughs> Every single year we're going to put him in the conversation. I think the voters would look at what Jackson has done as like an up-and-comer, a younger player in this league, and give him the award. And to, to coincide with Jackson... Just talking about the the play of the Memphis Grizzlies this season. Taylor Jenkins should really be in consideration for Coach of the Year. Yeah. He's not going to win it. Monty Williams is going to win this award. The Phoenix Suns will finish with the best record in the NBA, and Monty Williams will win Coach of the Year because Monty Williams should have been the Coach of the Year last year when Tom Thibodeau won the award. So it'll be a makeup for Monty Williams. And as great of a season as the Grizzlies have had, defying expectations, exceeding their win total, and to finish with the third best record in the NBA, maybe the second best record in the NBA when this season's all done, Taylor Jenkins absolutely deserves a ton of credit. And what's amazing is if he does win the award, how do you sell that to Monty Williams two years in a row now? You that's, know? And that's the thing is that yeah. I feel like there's going to be so much of a sentiment of like, hey, we didn't give it to Monty last yeah, year. He's Let's give it to him this year. Which is why the odds, he's like minus 250, which yeah. is absurd. Because it almost feels like there's a handshake agreement. Yes. Like, hey, Monty Williams <laughs> is going to be the guy. They're likely to win 60 games. Uh, not as likely now that Chris Paul's hurt, but they're likely to still win 60 games. or 48 and 10 right now mm -hmm. at the All-Star break. It would be a shock if they didn't win 60 games. Something would have must have gone horribly wrong for this Phoenix Suns team. But a guy that I was actually interested in, wow, that game just went under. Cannot believe it. I think the game just went under. Um, a guy that I was interested by the hook, damn it, let's go. Um, J.B. Bickerstaff at Cleveland. Now, mm. I have not made this bet with J.B. Bickerstaff, um, but it's, to me, the narrative of the Cleveland Cavaliers is if they're able to get the number one seed yeah. or a top two seed, because they're only two and a half games back there. And right now at DraftKings, he's plus 320. 
Hmm. And the same story for Taylor yeah. Jenkins is there for the Cleveland Cavaliers because we saw Memphis in the playoffs last year. Cleveland was picking third overall last year. They were in the lottery. Mm-hmm. And now that they've got Evan Mobley in there, like this team has been really good yeah. to where like nobody in their right mind thought that they would be a top three seed potentially in the Eastern Conference. There, I think that J.B. Bickerstaff has a solid argument, but you got to clear the Monty Williams hurdle, which seems like it's an insurmountable hurdle with about 20 games left. Yeah, he's going to win the award. And again, there's a lot of coaches that should be uh, in this conversation, but the award will go to Monty Williams. Yeah. A couple of bets that I have already favorite NBA bets from the first portion of not the first half of the season, but from the pre all-star break is uh, I, I took Joel Embiid for a 15 to one to an MVP Very uh, nice. a couple, a couple months ago. I grabbed also a little Nikola Jokic at six to one as I was getting a little concerned of like, okay, who can beat me in this award? Let me take Jokic as well. So r- right now we're looking good. We got the top two guys <laughs> in the MVP awards here right now. If I had to play something, I probably would still Look at Jokic at plus 290 because I think this is down to two guys to be MVP. I know you got a DeRozan ticket there. I got the DeRozan 50 to 1 ticket. Yeah. It's a great ticket, but I think just based on the numbers that they're putting up and the conversation around this award, it seems to be so centered around Joel Embiid and Nikola yeah. Jokic. Now, if DeRozan goes on a Kobe Bryant 2005, 2006 <laughs> type of run scoring wise and starts to be putting up 50 point games, then DeRozan definitely enters the conversation, but I think he's more likely to regress, which is why I continue to think that this is just a two horse race because Giannis who is four to one has had an MVP caliber season, but I think the voters are kind of tired of Giannis. Yeah. So I think that's where it's down to Embiid and Jokic. I'm about I'm the, the little, final third of the season. I'm a little curious to see what happens when, when uh, James Harden takes the floor. Does, yep. does Embiid's numbers go down? And, and, and I would think so. Yeah. So then what happens? Does Jokic then win back to back MVPs? Which is, I mean, it didn't seem like they wanted yeah. to give him the award last year. <laughs> the people were talking about Chris Paul last year. Yeah. And it seemed like they were like, oh, well, I guess everyone's hurt. We'll just give it to Jokic. Embiid was being talked about as an MVP at well, last year as well hurt. before yeah. he got injured. But, I mean, now that Jokic, I don't fear that as much because he's already won it. So people already see him as an MVP mm-hmm, caliber mm-hmm. guy. So I don't think they will be apprehensive to give him the award, especially if Jamal Murray gets back and they continue to win at a pretty good clip for the final stretch here in the regular season. Defensive player of the year, you're on Jaron Jackson Jr. You yep. love that play. Would you be interested in maybe adding to your portfolio a Mikael Bridges, who right now at DraftKings, I believe he's in that 16 to 1 range for defensive player of the year. Yeah, 16 to 1, Mikael Bridges, DPOY. Would you, maybe just to kind of almost protect yourself a little bit there, or do you think that if you're going to get beat, it's likely going to be by somebody like Rudy Gobert? I think if you're if I'm going to get beat, it's going to be by Rudy Gobert. That's okay. probably where I'm at right now. Um, and, and yeah, I, I, I don't nah, I don't think Bridges is going to do it. Um, just it, overall, you'd like to look at everything that, that's been going on. I mean, Jaron Jackson, I mean, look at the blocks, right? Jaron yep. Jackson Jr. is up there, 2.2. The numbers are just incredible for him. Um, and, and his, like I said, everything steals, blocks, everything per 100 possessions is on pace to have one of the all-time great NBA defensive seasons uh, along the lines of something that only a few players have accomplished, and all of those players went on to be all NBA defensive defensive team honors, and some of them defensive player of the years. Yeah, yeah. To me, Mikhail Bridges, he's one of the better defenders, and he plays on the best team in the league, at least from the regular season standpoint there, and the, the favorite team to win the NBA championship. But, yeah, to me it feels like it's either going to be 
a Jaron Jackson Jr. who comes from nowhere mm-hmm. in terms of the start of the regular season, or it's going to be someone like a Rudy Gobert. Draymond Green, we talked about Draymond Green being plus 250. Again? He's, he's, not, he's not plus 350. Yeah. And it's, that's still not enough. Like, he, he's, he should be 25 to 1 at the best. Like, yeah. this should be 50 to 1 for Draymond Green. He's just not going to play in enough games. Giannis at 4 to 1. Because he's not going to win MVP, do you think that they might say, we love Giannis and he's so good, let's give him Defensive Player of the Year again? He's already won the award a couple times, I believe, now. Mm, no. I, I think, because, like I said, he has won the award before. Mm-hmm. You can give it to him every single season. Because he has put himself in, he, he has made this standard for himself. Yeah. You don't look at his numbers the same as you would anybody else. You look at it and you just say, it's Giannis doing Giannis things, yeah. right? That's just a typical Giannis season. Like nothing new no, exactly. Nothing new here is yeah. kind of how they look at it. Yeah, that's the thing with me with Giannis where it's like, it's almost like because he's in the kind of in the MVP discussion, not really from the media standpoint, but in terms of the odds, he's in the yep. MVP kind of discussion that it almost feels like he can't also be in the defensive player of the year. Although he did win both awards one year, I believe it was two years ago in the bubble. He was MVP and defensive player of the year. Something that's Jaren only been Jackson done. Jr. By the way, blocked 53 shots in the month of January. That's insane. 20 more than the next player on the list. And John Morant's been saying it all season long. He says, Jaron Jackson Jr., that's my guy. That's my guy. So you at least have John Morant in our, in your corner there yeah. to get Jaron Jackson Jr. to the window. We're hoping that he can win it because I know, like you mentioned, a lot of folks here at VEASAN have Jaron Jackson Jr. tickets at many, many juicy prices here in the NBA Awards. Looks like LSU is going to go ahead and cover at Rupp Arena. We'll clean that up on the other side. This is the nightcap. John Jastrzemski joining us here next. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the Circa Resort and Casino. Femi Bebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg. You got an NHL over that's giving you some good luck here. Woo. I got LSU to go ahead and cover inside the number at Rupp Arena against Kentucky. Back-to-back winners, baby, within five <laughs> minutes. Let's get this thing going. And to keep the momentum rolling, we bring in our next guest, John Jastrzemski, host of New York, New York over at The Ringer. John, we appreciate you joining us this evening. Before we get into all things Big Apple, you were telling us in the break there that uh, you were on Xavier. Buddy, I'm sorry. Yeah, not ideal, boys. Not <laughs> ideal. Just the way you want to start a segment. But you have a game, go to double overtime. They don't call an intentional foul in the first overtime, but then they want to call a flagrant in the second overtime. Try to make sense of that. But Providence continues to be the cat with nine lives. Like, I'm not a guy who drools Ken Palm in the advanced metrics, but they play a major role and looking at teams of what they're going to do come March, you look at Providence's number. Despite the fact that they're leading the Big East, they're like 40 in Kempom. Mark my words, uh, they're going to see the clock strike midnight sooner rather than later. So I will be looking to fade Providence, guaranteed, within the next few weeks. Yeah, when Villanova beats them by double digits on Tuesday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Definitely. That's what I'm going to be on. JJ, let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets here. Obviously, the big news, uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York is going to lift this vaccine mandate sooner rather than later, which means that Kyrie will be available for both home games and road games for the Nets. With this news combined with Durant being at shoot-around today, he should return to the, to the lineup very, very soon. All of a sudden, the future market for the Brooklyn Nets looks pretty appealing here. Uh, would you consider sprinkling on this team to possibly get the sixth seed or just to win the Eastern Conference or the NBA Finals? I think the value is going to be winning the NBA championship because you're banking on the fact that Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA and that he's going to be able to find it, carry his team, Kyrie plays in all the games, and everything kind of fits. Now, Full disclosure, guys, I'm not in on Brooklyn because I don't oh. think you can kind of jumble a team together like this and expect to win in the postseason. Are they going to make it? Yeah. Are they going to win playoff games? Yeah. But the idea of them now beating Milwaukee and then beating a team like Miami when they got all sorts of cohesion, when they got all sorts of unity, when they got all sorts of guys playing together throughout the course of the year – I just think sooner rather than later, that's going to come back to bite you in the butt. So maybe you could win a round. Maybe you could win two rounds. Maybe you could win three rounds. The idea, though, of Brooklyn ultimately winning an NBA championship, I'm not buying. But I understand from a numbers perspective, there's value there because you're betting on Kevin Durant. That's why. We're speaking with John Jastrzemski, host of the New York, New York podcast over at The Ringer. You said you don't buy the Brooklyn Nets. I know they made the trade for Ben Simmons. They shipped James Harden out to Philadelphia. They got Seth Curry back. So does that that trade didn't do anything for you there? Was Simmons now back in the no, fold? No, 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 no. I like the trade. I like okay. the trade. But again, I don't think you all of a sudden snap your finger and this chemistry and this cohesion. That takes time. Yep. So to me, I think it's a long-term win for Brooklyn because James Harden didn't want to be there. Like James Harden made it clear. I quit. I'm done. Get me the hell out of here. And I think all things considered, they did as, as well as they could possibly doing the trade so no guys i like the trade but instantaneous success no I, I don't see that yeah they don't have a whole lot of time to get this thing going and getting it ready to go for the playoffs or with about 20 to 25 games left in the regular season which team out east do you think will be the team that prevents them from reaching the finals well i think the obvious answer is milwaukee been there done that beat brooklyn last year in the second round but Guys, don't sleep on the Miami Heat. It's amazing. You look at that value right there, a plus 475. They got a junkyard dog in Jimmy Butler. They are well coached. They add Tucker, so they're much better than what they were defensively. And they got shooters galore. I'm a believer in Miami far more than I'm a believer in the Chicago Bulls. To me, the Chicago Bulls, they're a fun story. They're a good regular season team. I can't see the Chicago Bulls playing in the NBA Finals. Like, if I'm ranking teams right now in the Eastern Conference, I'm putting Milwaukee number one because I don't, I don't care what the record tells me. They got Giannis, they got Middleton, they got Holiday, and they had a chance. You got to beat the champs. I think you're selling Miami short. Like, the idea that Philly is ahead of Miami, all of a sudden now, James Harden has all this great postseason success. <laughs> like, am I, am I missing something, guys? Like, has he, like, been in the NBA Finals multiple times? Has he won an NBA championship? Because I love Embiid. He's the MVP. He's one of my favorite players in the league. So, like, I get what Daryl Morey was doing because, you know, similar situation to Brooklyn. Ben Simmons was done there. He was never playing another game. And Morey has, like, this obsession with James Harden. <laughs> but I think ultimately they're going to fall short. I do. I think they're going to be the team that everybody hops on because, oh, the pick and roll is lethal, the one-two punch. I cannot see James Harden 
winning an NBA title this year with Embiid. I cannot. So I'm going Milwaukee, Miami, Brooklyn, Philly in that order. Couldn't agree more. I, I just, I'm so anti-James Harden. I've always been. And I, I remember tweeting when he got traded to the Nets that I couldn't wait to fade the Nets in the playoffs <laughs> because of James Harden. And it, it wound up working out. Yeah. Uh, and, and then this year, I'm going to be so anti-Philadelphia when it comes to the postseason. Can I sell you on the Boston Celtics, JJ? No one's hotter than them going into this uh, all-star break. I know they lost that last game to Detroit, but this is a team that has the best point differential in the Eastern Conference, the best defense in the Eastern Conference. Can I sell you on a Boston Celtics future? I hope my boss is not listening to this. No, you cannot sell me. <laughs> He's listening. He might uh, he might be calling my uh, my cell phone right now and scolding me for a few minutes. Um, you know what it is, guys? I know Tatum's great. I know the defense has been very good. And that point differential stat is insane when you think about it. Um, I just don't think there's enough around the big two for them to get to where they need to be in the East. Like, if you had to get me to buy in on a team, and maybe it's my heart talking, I love the storyline with Cleveland. Now, I, I don't think Cleveland <laughs> has enough experience to go and beat these sort of teams in the playoffs, but I'm not buying stock in the Celtics. Like, I'm putting the Celtics and the Cavaliers in the exact same category. Despite what those metrics may tell me, no, I do not see Boston winning a first-round series. I bet against it. John, I'm looking at the Eastern Conference standings here, and below the teams in the play-in, are the New York Knicks right now the current number 12 seed in the Eastern Conference? They're four and a half games back. Doesn't look likely that they'll make it into the playing tournament, but crazy things have happened. If this team does not get to the playing tournament, do you think Tom Thibodeau is in trouble there with the New York Knicks? Uh, I think he could be. He shouldn't be, though, because the front office embarrassed themselves in the offseason. Kemba Walker is done for the year. They brought him in. The guy basically needs a walker to go and play. <laughs> Evan Fournier, they gave $80 million to, mm -hmm. and he is awful. He is an absolute stiff. All he can do is hit the three-point shot, and if he doesn't hit the three-point shot, he gives you absolutely nothing. They gave Randall a ton of money. Tims has not had a good year. He has not done a good job with rotations, but all of a sudden, everything is Tom Thibodeau's fault when last year, you know, he basically had the Midas touch, and he was the NBA coach of the year. To me, this is far more about the front office than it is the head coach. And this front office, CAA, all these connections <laughs> yep. around the NBA. World Wide West. Where are the, where are the stars? <laughs> the bottom line, that's what I was promised when these guys took over the operation. Where is the star player for this team? Because clearly on this roster, it's not there. And they're on national TV like five of the next six games. So yeah. my apologies, America. <laughs> and you know, see way too much of the Knicks over the next two weeks. And you know what makes them look worse is Mark Berman in the Post had the article during the All-Star break that DeMar DeRozan wanted to go to the New York Knicks, but they didn't want him. And they never offered. And if they would have matched the Bulls' offer, DeRozan would be a Nick right now instead of Fournier and Kemba Walker. And DeRozan right now is in the MVP conversation. So it makes them look even worse, JJ. Knicks will look a heck of a lot better with either DeMar DeRozan or Alonzo Ball on this team. And I want Alonzo Ball because they need a point guard. They yeah. desperately need a point guard. But listen, DeRozan over Fournier, who's, who, who would try to make that argument at this point in time? Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. He's speaking of point guard. You know, instead of drafting Obi Toppin, you could have had a guy like Tyrese Halliburton. You could have had Cole Anthony. You know, two instead of drafting uh, R.J. Barrett, could have Darius Garland. You know, yeah. and there's point guards galore. This team just uh, 
always seems to come up short. Ah, the life of being a Knicks fan. <laughs> Real quick, John, before we get you out of here, Brooklyn's hosting Boston tomorrow night. Uh, they're seven-point underdogs, total of 213 and a half. You going to have a play on this game with the Nets post-All-Star break? Uh, I'm not, but I think Boston's going to be way too public. That's my initial reaction. So I'd probably grab the points with the Nets, but Kyrie can't play. Who the hell knows? <laughs> hangover effect after the All-Star break. Be careful, guys. Dallas, be careful. First game out. Right after a layoff like that, you never know what you're going to get. So that's – I'll stick to the college card tomorrow. <laughs> he is John Jastrzemski, host of the New York, New York podcast over at The Ringer. JJ, we appreciate you joining us here this evening, and good luck with the college hoops bets tomorrow. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, JJ. Awesome stuff yeah. from Be careful John first game after the break. Be careful. That's, I, I like mm-hmm. that. He's put, we're putting up the red flag for the Boston <laughs> Celtics here post-All-Star break. On the other side, we're going to turn our attention to the NFL. QB Carousel keeps spinning. We'll discuss it here on the Nightcap. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Need more college basketball insight? Well, check out the podcast, Coast to Coast Hoops. Greg Hoops Peterson will look at every major and some of the minor college basketball games on the upcoming schedule to find betting opportunities. Greg has an opinion on every single college hoops game of the season. And on this podcast, he provides his unique insights and looks for those games that have solid betting opportunities. Download Coast to Coast Hoops now at vcin.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcast. And while you're there, catch up on every vcin show as well. Welcome back. This is the Nightcap coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at Circa. Femi Abebefe alongside Scott Seidenberg here. Uh, we just had John Jastrzemski on the last segment there. Love, love his energy. He's out on the East Coast. Yeah. It's like 1130 <laughs> p.m. He said he had just got done doing a TV hit. So the man brings the energy and he had a lot of good nuggets to say about the Brooklyn Nets there. He's not sold. No, he's not sold. And, and he likes the number for them to win the title. I think the number, I think the bet would be you get plus 475 for them to get the six seed, plus mm-hmm. 1100 for them to get the five seed. So I think sprinkling on both of those could be yeah. very interesting for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, considering that, hey, now that they are starting to get healthy and with Kyrie being available to play here down the stretch, they can make up a couple of games, only two and a half games back of that six seed. Mm-hmm. And if they can climb 
to the six or the five, I think you can certainly get some good plus money value there on both of those seeds. Staying with the basketball right now, the final game in college hoops tonight is in Pullman, Washington. The Washington Huskies taking on the Washington State Cougars. And the Huskies, they went off as 10-point underdogs, but they lead it by two with under two minutes to play in the first half. We'll keep tabs on that right now. Live line, they're catching four and a half over at DraftKings. Washington State is laying four and a half. So the live total, 146. So we're trending over. Mm. And we discussed before, I said, if you asked me if I had a play on this game, I yeah. was like, I leaned over, but I didn't like the number that was there. It looks like we're trending over in Pullman, but still a lot of basketball to be played. Still two bad teams. I, I just, I'm, I don't, I, <laughs> Sometimes two bad teams, you get some points. I mean, one team came into this game losing three straight. The other came in losing five straight. So. <laughs> well, you throw the records out the window whenever the Cougars and the Huskies get together <laughs> on the hardwood. Uh, let's transition from the hardwood to the gridiron here. We've made it a, an hour and 47 minutes without talking about the NFL. <laughs> so now we have to rectify that here. And let's talk about the quarterback carousel. Who will take the first snap week one for these respective teams? We're going to talk about the Packers, Seahawks, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I kind of want to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers because I think this is the most intriguing one sure. because Ben Roethlisberger just retired, mm -hmm. and we believe he's going to stay retired. He's not going to pull a Tom Brady <laughs> and where he might possibly come back here. But the favorite to be the quarterback who takes the first snap for Pittsburgh in 2022 is Mason Rudolph. He's plus 200 already on the roster. Yep. You have Dwayne Haskins on the roster as well at 4-1. to one. Any rookie quarterback intriguing at plus 750. Yep. Joshua Dobbs and Jameis Winston, 8 to one Teddy Bridgewater Carson Wentz Deshaun Watson 10 to one Russell Wilson Aaron Rodgers 11 to one Jimmy Garoppolo 15 to one Marcus Mariota 20 to one Tyrod Taylor Mitch Trubisky at 40 to one anything that looks appetizing for you here it would be the rookie quarterback at plus 750 because I think if they draft Kenny Pickett then he will be the starter for them uh, so that's the one the first bet the next bet for me would be Deshaun Watson I think that they are absolutely players for Deshaun Watson. We talked about it last night with the whole Brian Flores connection, right? Mm -hmm. Flores is now on Tom Wynn's staff. So, uh, and Flores obviously linked to Deshaun Watson. That's why he wanted the trade to Miami. Um, I would also kind of maybe sprinkle a little bit on someone like a Marcus Mariota. I think it's an interesting name. And at the very least, I think the Steelers, if they don't draft a quarterback, the Steelers will sign someone like a Mariota like a Trubisky, you know, they will sign a free agent and have a three-quarterback battle in training camp between um, Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, and whoever that free agent veteran is. Yeah. And so taking a flyer on that free agent veteran to be the starting quarterback in week one is very interesting. Yeah, to me, it's very interesting that any rookie quarterback, to me, is plus 750. That's juicy just because we've already seen them being linked to Malik Willis. Now, the way I kind of looked at this one and wanted to attack it was, I think I'd make two bets. I would take the plus 750 on any yeah, rookie quarterback. I think you have to. But then I would also go down the board and take Tyrod Taylor at well, that, 40 to That one. goes into the mix so, of the, the free agent the quarterbacks. Free agent, so take, yes. pick any of those free agent quarterbacks and, and put those in the mix. Because I do think that if it's not a rookie, if the Steelers don't draft a rookie, it's a journey they man. will sign one of these veterans to compete for the job. I don't see Mason Rudolph being the starter for this team. Now, maybe... They do it, but if Mike Tomlin wants to keep his job, I don't I don't know if you go to war with Mason Rudolph as your mm. quarterback. And we've already seen Tyrod Taylor, who's kind of been this br career bridge guy yeah. to the rookie quarterback. And Malik Willis, if there's any knock on him, it's that some, some of the accuracy stuff, 
He's coming from a, a weaker conference after playing at Liberty. So he might not be ready week one to play. So that's when you step in a guy like Tyrod Taylor, who's done that for the Cleveland Browns. He's done it for the Los Angeles yep. Chargers. Like he's done it for the, I mean, he didn't really do it for the Houston Texans. He just played there because Deshaun Watson had his situation, but he did it for, I mean, theoretically for Davis Mills, who ended up taking mm. over mid season there for Houston Texans. Longest but, neck in the game. <laughs> yes. Very, very much. So the giraffe quarterback out there in Houston, but to me, Tyrod Taylor has, has a career and experience of, doing this and being in this position to where that I could see someone like him. Now, Mariota also could be that player as well, mm -hmm. but I think Tyrod Taylor is a guy that I would circle at 40 to one, almost pairing that with the any rookie QB at plus 750. Yeah, I think any one of those free agent quarterbacks with the rookie is the mm -hmm. way you got to bet this thing. I, I think Trubisky should be a starter in this league, to be quite honest. Uh, 40 to one right now, like Trubisky... We saw what Matt Nagy was doing at the end of the tenure with yeah, the Chicago yeah, Bears. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Trubisky has some some juice left in the tank there. He's still young. Mm -hmm. He's he's mobile. He has a decent arm there. He looked good in the preseason with Buffalo. So I think I, Mariota deserves a shot as well. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, he's only been a starter for the Tennessee Titans. And ever since then, once Tannehill took his job, yeah. then he went ahead and went to the Raiders where he's been Derek Carr's backup for quite some time. So that's the Steelers. Let's look at the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers is the the favorite in this market, minus 250. Jordan loves plus 300. Any rookie QBs plus 750. Jameis Winston, 8 to 1. Mariota, 10 to 1. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Gardner Minshew and Carson Wentz, 12 to 1. Derek Carr, 14 to 1. Uh, there's no bet. There's no bet besides Rodgers and, and Jordan Love. Because mm -hmm. even if they trade Aaron Rodgers, they're not bringing back a quarterback to start. They're bringing back draft commodities and yeah. other assets. So Jordan Love is the guy that was drafted to be the replacement. And if it's if it's not Aaron Rodgers, it's Jordan Love. Yeah, to me, no, it's, there's nowhere, there's nowhere else. To, yeah. Don't waste your money. Those are the only two quarterbacks who will yeah. be starting for the Green Bay Packers in 2022, in my opinion, as well. The Seattle Seahawks. Now, this one could be really interesting, especially because mm. I know you think that Russell Wilson to the Commanders is definitely live. I absolutely right now, think that. Russell Wilson is the favorite to start for the Seahawks week mm -hmm. one, minus 250. Any rookie quarterback is plus 500 Love for it. the Seattle Seahawks. Geno Smith, 10 to 1. Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston, 12 to 1. Deshaun Watson, Marcus Mariota, 14 to 1. Jacob Eason, 16 to mm. 1. Jimmy Garoppolo, 20 to 1. Aaron Rodgers, 30 to 1. Mm. I like any rookie quarterback because let's say they do. Uh, trade with the commanders. They'll trade for that 11th overall pick, and then they will draft a quarterback. Mm -hmm. They're going to take a quarterback to be to you know uh, be their future. Or the other scenario could be Geno Smith because maybe they don't take a quarterback early. Remember, this team was successful yep. because they drafted Russell Wilson late, and they were able to pay money for the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch and other players on that team because they weren't paying the quarterback. Once they had to pay Russell Wilson, they couldn't afford to keep the Richard Shermans. They couldn't afford to keep, you know, the Cam Chancellor. They couldn't afford to keep everybody else, right? You win when you're that, – that was the window for them. The window for them to win when they went to the back-to-back -back Super Bowls was when they had Russell Wilson on a rookie deal. So maybe they do something similar knowing that they can get one of these quarterbacks – in the second or third round and use that early draft pick on somebody else. And then if you're taking a quarterback in that second or third round, maybe they don't start. Maybe it's Geno Smith for a couple of weeks until you get that rookie ready to play. Yeah. To me, it's, I mean, it's such a tough one because I still am holding out hope 
that Russell Wilson is still going to stay in Seattle. But, I mean, if they get rid of him and trade him because they do need the draft capital. I mean, they, they don't have any draft picks this year because of the Jamal Adams trade with the New York Jets to where, gosh, I mean, none of the veterans to me look attractive in terms of what the Seattle Seahawks typically like there. But they're unafraid to start a rookie, though, week one. I mean, they started Russell Wilson after signing Matt Flynn to a free agent deal in the <laughs> same offseason. Yeah. So this is a franchise that kind of marches to its own beat. That they would not be scared to start a Kenny Pickett or a Malik Willis week one if those guys proved it sure. throughout training camp. They would have to get it done in the training camp because cause Pete Carroll's whole thing is compete. He likes to compete. So if those guys are the ones that look like they're the right person for the job, they would get the nod. So plus 500 at any rookie QB, the odds makers are already on to us in terms <laughs> of the draft capital and the Seahawks probably needing to draft a quarterback to be their week one starter. So the quarterback carousel will continue to spin all offseason. But on the other side, we're going to spin it back to college hoops. Jim Root joins the show here. It's the Nightcap on Visa the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 